Closer Podcast. I am coming to you from my own personal sanctuary, otherwise known as my bedroom. We have uh, we have decided to uh, yeah, just work from the from the home now, and um, so this podcast audio is probably going to sound a little bit different to you. Um, but hey, we're doing what we have to do. I am sitting here with uh, for the first time. Uh, on the podcast, my wife, Mindy, say hi. Hi, everybody. So, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, well, and this is going to be the first time in several months since I've had someone else on the podcast as well. Um, I've always enjoyed doing the interviews, but this is this is about less than uh, an interview. This is um, this is our way of letting you guys know that we feel you. In fact, that's what we are going to title this episode. Uh so let's let's talk about this. We're um I don't know what what week are we in with this coronavirus shutdown lockdown thing? I think it's week 2. Week 2. Okay. <laughs> but it feels like week forever. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, here in the Dallas area, um, I guess it's, yeah, I guess we're going on two weeks now, um, give or take, uh, where, and then I guess it's been a week since they've asked us to shelter in place. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's right. Um, and so never did I ever think that I would have to deal with something like this in my lifetime, right? Um, but hey, that just goes to show you, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, doing this from the home now. Um, so anyways, what we we wanted to do is just talk to you guys, um, cause there isn't a single person who's not being affected by this. And, uh, I believe all my listeners, even, even those outside of Texas and even other parts of the world or are being affected by this and, um, you know, have your whole routine just being disrupted and, um, everything is either put on hold or just completely done away with things have changed. We're trying to get in new rhythms. We're having to learn to do new things. Um, we're having to face things about ourselves and about, uh, life, no doubt, uh, Lots of uh, questions have surfaced and uh, about <laughs> what's going on here and how do we handle this? How how should we deal with this? And lots of people are putting out lots of answers. And uh, I do think that sometimes in an effort to kind of detach or deal with uh, things like this, we immediately try to ignore the negative and only focus on positive um i think we also have a tendency of only focusing on the negative and none of the positive and we have a hard times balancing those things out um but as a as a as a, a minister lead minister as someone who is uh interested in having conversations about god and what's going on behind all of this that this meaning life and reality um i think that sometimes people have a tendency of to hear people like myself talk about things um, and they walk away with these pictures of us like as if we have it all figured out or, 
you know, we have it all together. We have all the right answers. We just always know what to say, right? Um, and I think that paints a, a false picture of what my life is really like and what things are really like for me. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't have an understanding of some things. Um, but it just because I do doesn't mean that I live these things out perfectly. It just means that I have enough experience with the things that I talk about <laughs> to know that, yeah, there's something to this and there's some truth in this. And this is what works for me. You know, I've been saying this for a while that on the podcast, this is this is my journey and you're coming along with me on a journey. We're journeying together. And I really mean that. Um, and that's no less the case with the coronavirus. Um, and so anyways, I'm babbling on here. We wanted to sit down and talk to you guys and, and share with you what our experiences have been so far uh, with this. And um, to, just to simply say that we have to face how we really feel. We have to face what we're really experiencing before. And that's, that is, we have to face the negative stuff. We have to face it and uh, deal with it before we can actually move on to greater things, right? The things that maybe we can learn from these experiences. And so, anyways, that being said, uh, let's talk about the coronavirus. <laughs> um so I want to start off with, you know, when we first started hearing about this, um, obviously it was a big thing in China, and then it started kind of spreading, and then we saw that it was coming to the United States as well, um, and then it hit us here in Texas, um, in Dallas, and at first, I have to be honest, um, I didn't think there was a big, it was that big of a deal. I actually thought it would just stay in China. Well, I kind of thought it was like the Ebola thing. Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago, Ebola was really big in Dallas. And um, everybody just freaked out over getting this Ebola virus. It was during the State Fair of Texas. And that's a huge deal. And people would, didn't even want to go to the State Fair because they were afraid they were going to get Ebola. And so I thought, you know, this is going to pass. It's going to be fine. Ebola lasted like six weeks. We'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, see? And um, this, uh, you know, and one of, the, one of the reasons why I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal, even when it hit us, was people were saying, well, look, it's like this. It's like SARS and it's like the flu and, um, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and so, quite honestly, I just said, well, okay, it's like the flu. And, and I, I, I hardly ever get sick at all. And, uh, well, we and our family hardly ever get sick, really. And so, quite honestly, it just wasn't that much of a concern to me. And then I saw how people were responding <laughs> and making run on the stores with, you know, toilet paper and all the other things that people felt they needed to provide them some sense of comfort. And then I began to worry. I began to worry not because I thought I was going to get sick, but, you know, I began to worry about, okay, <laughs> am I going to be able to get food for my kids? i am be honest with you. I wasn't that concerned about toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I joked about, you know, that's why God made hoses. And uh, so, you know, I wasn't, I really wasn't that concerned about it. Um, I had a plan in place just for in case you can't get toilet paper, right? But my big thing was food. Um, people were buying up a lot of food. And so um, I guess 
I guess it was around the time. Remember, because there was a there were a couple of times I I said, you know what? I I think I'm gonna need to go by the store and just maybe stock up on a few things and <laughs> put it away along. Right? Didn't I? Yeah, and I said I was like, no, it's it's fine. We're gonna be fine. We have enough to last a couple of days. We'll be fine. And then what happened? You you so so, so here's what happened. Um, Mindy decided to go to the store. And tell us about your experience at the store. Well, (laughs) so I went to the store. This was kind of, we were late in the game, honestly. But um, this was when they were starting to do specific hours. Um, Like they weren't doing, Walmart wasn't 24 hours anymore. And uh, so we uh, go to the gym early in the morning. And so um, when we get done about with the gym about 7 o'clock in the morning, so I was just going to go straight from the gym to Walmart, pick up some, a few things. I mean, we were running low on some cereal, some milk, you know, no big deal. And um, I got to Walmart, and they actually weren't open because they had had a water main break. And so I had to go to the Walmart on the other side of town, um, which isn't a big deal, Um, except I don't really know my way around that Walmart, but, um, so you know how that goes. That's, that's a little harder to figure things out. But then when I actually got in there, there was no food, literally no food. And we have a family of six and we have some children who are slightly picky eaters. <laughs> and so um, there's some specific cereal that I have to get. And <laughs> there's, um, we eat a lot of sandwiches. So I'm like, okay, well, let's stock up on bread. Well, there wasn't a whole lot of that. And I thought, okay, well, my children eat tacos. We can do ground meat and make tacos. There wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, it was it really was survival mode. It was really odd to have to think about different ways that I could make things work. So I bought a whole bunch of hamburger buns. Did you, did you, (laughs) did you, um, did you have a feeling of panic at any moment when you saw what wasn't there? Yes. It was really scary because I know that my kids don't eat a whole lot. (laughs) And when you don't, there's not a lot of options. You you don't know what to do. And so then you just started, I just started grabbing things because if I didn't have something to eat, my children were going to starve. And, um, and so I, I saw, I guess it was a couple of days later, I saw pictures of what it actually looked like. So she told me, you know, she comes home with just a bunch of mixed things, which is fine. I mean, I'll make anything work. Um, and, Quite honestly, I don't care if our kids are picky. They're either going to eat or they're not going to eat. I mean, what you gonna, they'll learn. They'll figure it out. But and they're smart kids. They'll 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 deal with it. Um, but it wasn't until I saw those pictures of what people were experiencing when they went to the store and how there was nothing there that it hit me. And it was just a couple of days later I, that then um, after you had gone, that I was like, wow. I can only imagine in that moment, I, I think I felt like w- what it would have been like to stand there and you really didn't have a choice. I mean, you just grabbed whatever was there, but knowing that there is nothing else like this is it right here. Right. Um, that's when it hit me. 
Yeah. <laughs> when I got back from the store, you were just asking, well, why did you get this? And well, what were you thinking with this? And I was like, I don't know. I wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking that's food that we can eat somehow <laughs> in some form or fashion. Um, we, <laughs> I had to buy and my kids are going to remind me of this for years. I'm sure. Um, there were literally two gallons of milk left in that store and they were zero percent. So like a skim as skim as you can get. And it was organic. So I spent $5 on a gallon of milk that my children hate. But I was like, you know what? It's milk. They'll get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm hearing a little bit about the the milk thing. But, you know, we're we're dealing with it and like all everybody else is, you know, having to make do with things and but that was really I guess when she went grocery shopping that and I then I saw pictures later after you know, her coming home with a bunch of things that I don't it was just a bunch of mixed matched stuff and I'm honestly interested, like, wow, what were you thinking with this? <laughs> um, you know, and it's all good stuff, but uh, it just wasn't what we are accustomed to. And, um, so it was after that. And then I saw pictures, then it, it, there was a reality that set in for me, like, wow, this is what she experienced when she went. And, uh, then things started kind of ramping up a little bit, um, in the community and things that were were being said, regardless if you feel like people are overreacting or, you know, underreacting, um, I'm, I'm listening to all these responses. I'm listening to what the community leaders are saying. Um, you know, what the, the, um, you know, people who know about these things, the professionals, uh, experts is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and so I'm like, you know, right in line with my personality at this point, I'm like, okay, so what is this thing? Like, what's going on here? And so I became extremely interested in my investigator mode, you know, uh, kicked in. And I want to know, what is this thing? And what does it do to your body? And again, at this point, I'm really not that anxious about anything. I don't feel very stressed. I am a little concerned about, you know, being able to make sure that my kids have food. And, and I want to eat, too. Um but I, I'm less concerned about being sick. And then I start doing research about this virus. And, uh, you know, I wanted to know, what does it do to your body? I found out, you know, what it does to your lungs and, um, you know, what they're experiencing, what some people are experiencing through this. And I don't think I got anxious, but I do believe that it began to it began to weigh on me a little bit, I think. That's when the stress level kind of got amped up a little bit more because it was, yeah, this is getting serious. Um, this is, this seems like it might be a little more serious than what we are normally accustomed to um, experiencing with something like this. Regardless of what people compare this to, this is something a little different. And so, and people are taking it a little more serious. And so anyways, you, you can't help but feel the stress, you know, you know, from that. Um, and so at what point, well, how do you feel about this thing? Like, I mean, <laughs> at what point have you, ha- has it affected you in any way 
up to this point. Um, beyond just, you know, we have to adjust to rhythms and daily routines and things like that. No, but just have you experienced any of any stress from this reality? Well, I am, um, I am a very empathetic person. Um, I feel all the feels is what I like to say about myself. Um, I can walk in a room and I can feel what everybody's feeling and I can, um, I know who needs thoughts and prayers. I know who needs a hug. I know who needs some space. Um, I know who's super happy. Um, I just, I feel all the feels. And so as this started really ramping up, you know, you have the TV going all the time and the news is on and big mistake. mistake. (laughs) Yeah. I am not an investigator by any means. Um, it stresses me out. And so like having the news on constantly and, um, hearing all the closures that were taking place, um, my mind immediately went to all the changes that other people were going to have to deal with. I started thinking about the teachers and how they were going to have to figure out how to teach their students virtually. I started thinking about the parents who had kids that are used to them going to school and now they're going to be home and they're going to have to work from home and teach their children and um, deal with video conferencing and all of those things. Then, And I started thinking about um, all the people that were going to lose their jobs because, you know, people can't afford to keep staff when they're having to shut down. And then I thought about all the medical professionals who are working, you know, at ground zero and my mind wouldn't stop. I thought about so many people. Um, and so just the weight of the people really, really got to me. And then I had to bring it all back to my family and how is this affecting my children? And they are going to feel my feels. And so they, I have to be able to handle this better so that my children can handle this better. Um, I have two kids who love to socialize and we're homeschooled. And so we, we do all kinds of stuff. We do dance three days a week. We have youth group events. We have all kinds of things that my children are involved in. And those just got shut down immediately. And so then I had to work on figuring out how to feel my kids feels and work through them. Um, and just all I, Adam got home one day and he told me, he said, just turn off your notifications, just turn them off. And so my notifications have been off for a week and a half. I have no idea what's shutting down and what's happening. And I needed that because I was taking on too many people's feelings and emotions. It weighed me down in a big way. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, just the overwhelming supply of information for once in my life uh, did a number on me. Um, and it was totally unexpected, you know, 
because uh, usually, uh, usually things don't affect me this much, but I, I found myself just constantly feeling very tense and I'm, I'm already a naturally a, an intense person, but, um, I felt it in my face, man, my face, it, I felt like I was constantly squinching, like I was in the sun and I couldn't see. Um, and I had to be extremely intentional about relaxing my face. And sometimes it was, it was hard to do that. Um, and I had problems sleeping and of course, you know, routines got a little bit shifted because not being able to go to the gym in the morning and, and, uh, not being able to expend as much energy, but it was more than that. Um, and I'm, I'm still, I'm interested in knowing and understanding why this has affected me the way that it has. I still haven't figured that out yet. And once I do, I'll let you guys know. But, um, because it's, it just, it's, it just captivating to me to do, to, you know, <laughs> figure this stuff out. But at the same time, I realized like, okay, irregardless if I understand why I know what I need to do, which is why I've been saying things like you might need to turn the news off. You may not need to watch the news as much. Um, and, and when I say news, I'm not watching any of the big network, you know, news stations necessarily. I come home and I watch the, the evening news, um, you know, and then the world news. And then you come back for six o'clock news. And, um, you know, one of my daughters, one of our, our daughters, she's, <laughs> she's <laughs> the news isn't on. She asks me, do you want me to turn the news on? And, <laughs> you know, a couple of times I've said, no, I just, I don't want to hear it. Um, I need to control the amount of that information that comes in because for some reason it's not, it's, it's having a negative effect on me. And so I've had to make some of those decisions. And then also thinking about my kids hearing this stuff over and over and over again, even if they're not paying attention to it. But then we also have two little girls who will pay attention to it and ask a lot of questions about it. And so, um, I knew that it was affecting me. I knew that it was going to affect them. And so, you know, we have, to, there has to be a balance. I want to be informed, but I also need to, you know, take care of myself and make sure that I can handle this. But this has been stressful. It, it has been stressful and I'm still not quite sure why it's affecting me this way. Um, but it has been stressful. Um, you know, I've decided to, to start working from home, um, which isn't a problem for me. Like I don't have a problem with isolating myself. Um, I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, getting lost. Like I'm not going to get bored, right? <laughs> I'm not going to get bored. There are plenty of things in this world that I can research and focus on from home and be kept in awe and wonder and, you know, constantly wanting to know what more is there behind it. Right. So that's not a problem for me. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a, and that just has to do with my personality and how I'm made. I'm not. I'm. I'm not an. I'm not a full blown introvert like one of our daughters. Um, I fall right down the middle, and but I lean towards being being an introvert. Um, but the very nature of who I am as a, as as a person, um, and the things that drive me. Um, cause me to go internally more often, right? And uh, so uh, that's not a problem for me. You know, working from home is not going to be a problem for me. Uh, adjusting to how to get these things done, that's not going to be a problem for me. But somehow, some way, 
this stuff is still stressing me out. Um, and I think, I think some of it came from, so now what is every day going to look like because of my job? Because I have to interact with people. I meet face-to-face with a lot of people. Uh, Sundays is a big day, right? Uh, meet up with a lot of people um, throughout the week. There's constant interaction with people. And all of a sudden, you can't have that anymore. And people are afraid to do that. And so now, it doesn't mean that people's needs go away or the things that you need to do, your job, it doesn't mean that it's irrelevant anymore. It's, okay, these things still need to be done. But the question is now, how are you going to do that, right? Like, so my wife said that we, we homeschool. And so there's some of this stuff that um, we're not having, things haven't changed, right? Our kids are home all day anyway, other than the fact that the socialization, being able to go and do, participate in the things, right? So that hasn't been a difficult part. Um, and part of me feels kind of guilty for that. Because I see all these people having to change their schedule and I see all these moms who are starting to have to homeschool their children, quote, homeschool their children um, while they're working. And I'm sitting over here like this. I'm not doing anything different. Um, And so part of me feels a little guilty that it's not affecting me in ways that it's affecting other people. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's just because that's that's my personality. Yeah. I feel the feels. Yeah. Um but I this this is going to sound selfish. Well, I feel like it is. Um I've kind of enjoyed it because I'm forced to stay at home. I'm <laughs> not taking my children <laughs> all over the world. I am I am a taxi cab. I homeschool my children and then I leave and I'm gone every night of the week. And this has forced me to actually slow down. Yeah. So there's good <laughs> stuff, good stuff happening, you know, uh, from this, but you know, for all those parents now who have to focus on making sure their kids get their education, you know, Public school teachers, what they're doing, what they've turned around to do, is nothing short of phenomenal. Um, you know, and we're not we're not a homeschool family that looks down upon, you know, people who don't homeschool, and we're not you know, rubbing it in their faces right now. And this is not we're not taking shots at people who uh, public school, you know, teach their send their kids to public school and who look down upon homeschoolers. Um, that's not that's that's not what we do. Uh, we do. I am seeing some of that though. I'm seeing some people who homeschool are like now, now what, you know, uh, you know, all the things you said about socialization, et cetera, et cetera. And, and yeah, I'm not about any of that. I don't even, I, in fact, I'm, I hate the fact that I even brought it up. Um, but I'm determined to do this episode in one take. And so I'm not editing anything. Uh, so, uh, but I, I do, I do see, what the, some of these other people are having to do and the challenges they're taking on, you know, and, um, yeah, that's not something that they're, they're accustomed to, right? Like it's not something that they're used to at all. Um, for me, these changes, and I bet this is how some people are feeling right now, having to, you know, having to do something that you've never done before, do something figuring out how to get whatever it is you need to get done 
in a different way. It's a huge challenge. And for me, part of who I am with my, 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 the very nature of my character, my, my personality is that I don't like to feel incompetent. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know how anybody could not like to feel incompetent. I guess some people would be okay with realizing, oh, I, I don't know how to do this or I can't figure this out or this isn't, this isn't for me or whatever. But, um, me having to figure out how to do what I do in a different way, um, especially having to figure out how to do it before I'm ready, <laughs> ready to do it. That's a problem with me, and it, and, it, and it does have an effect on me, me having to figure out how to get all of this stuff done, the day-to-day stuff, still be able to provide what needs to be provided to people, um, and doing it in ways that I'm not necessarily comfortable with or ways that it's i don't know it's not even that i'm not comfortable with it it's you're limited by your resources you're limited by the technology around you you're limited by lots of things and in the church world there's all this competition there's all this unsaid expectations from people and what they want and what they expect uh, I mean, when this stuff was first going down, I was hearing all sorts of things from all sorts of different directions, um, and it got to me. It, it started getting to me, knowing that, first of all, I don't believe this is a competition, and it shouldn't be, but people treat it like it is, and trying to do what other churches are doing, trying to duplicate this thing or that thing, uh, you know, a lot of the things that, uh, I was hearing, um, I'm thinking there's no way, <laughs> you know? uh, and that, that, that really got to me. It really got to me because, and again, nobody's knowing what to do. We're, everybody's just trying to figure this out and people are doing what they know. Um, and you know, this isn't something that we specifically are accustomed to doing. We have a lot of problem. We have a lot of technology problems at the the church where I work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of the things that people see the other churches putting out, most of that stuff's coming from churches that are are massive and they have huge budgets and they have lots of resources. And you know, wanting a a church our size, a smaller church, to try to duplicate that, um, that's some pressure that I felt. I was carrying that and part of that was I was feeling like, well, that's just, that's not me. And I'm being asked to do something that doesn't, doesn't line up with who I am. And I just want to be me <laughs> regardless if I'm on a stage or if I have to you know, pre-record a message or go do a live stream or, or, or a podcast or whatever, you know, I just want to be me and I'm not going to manufacture some, you know, Bible hour in front of a camera next to a fireplace, you know, I'm not, I'm not, and kudos for those guys who do that and, and, you know, create small group studies from, from those things. All right. That's, but that, that's not, that's not me. Um, and I did feel some pressure about, okay, what's this going to look like? Right. Like what am I, am I, am I good enough? Am I competent enough to do this? And, not knowing really, not having a vision of even what this could look like is a problem for me because I couldn't answer the question, can I do it, right? Um, 
So yeah, that was that was trying to figure this out was with some added stress. Um, yeah, you know, is this going to going to highlight what I what I what I suck at, <laughs> right? Um, no one wants to feel rejected, right? And you know, being as transparent as possible, I I oftentimes do feel rejection, which is what causes me to move inwardly, right? Um, and it doesn't matter if the rejection is legitimate or not. It just, you know, sometimes you feel misunderstood. Sometimes you feel like um, people don't value what you have to say or who you are as a person, especially in ministry, right? You're you're the guy who has to have all the right answers, and, you know, you, you keep people's attention for so long, and people don't realize... Well, I'm a human being too, and I like to have friends. I like to hang out with people. I like to do other things, right? I am who I am, and I've always been this way even before I got into ministry. That's just the reality. Uh, but people don't see it that way because you know you're you're that guy, you're that person over there, and you need to deliver the goods, or we're going to go over here. And that's the other thing is ministry is such a huge it's such a huge machine it's a consumeristic market and that is never more highlighted in times like these and that's what was going around going on in my mind um, because people can choose if they want to click people can choose if they want to watch people can choose if they want to participate right and um yeah those things started surfacing things that i don't, I don't even think about things i don't even have issues with this, this like highlighted all kinds of stuff for me. And, um, I don't like feeling incapable. I don't like feeling incompetent. Um, I don't like feeling like I'm not good enough. And again, I know a lot of people, I don't know anyone who likes the way that feels. Um, you know, I, uh, I want to be able to handle any and every situation. Right. And I feel like I can't do that. <laughs> and I think that that's a, a huge part of the stress that I've been feeling. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people are feeling that same stress. Um, something that I saw um, <laughs> on social media, um, but it was so good, was that it's okay. Like, we're all feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. So... If you're if you're feeling overly stressed, it's okay. If you're feeling okay about everything and you're lackadaisical about it, that's okay too. And it really made me think where this is the one time in my lifetime that I have seen everybody dealing with the same thing. Like hmm. this virus isn't um, it's not contingent upon your gender. It's not contingent upon your race. It's not contingent upon your country or your religion or whether you're public school or homeschool or whether you're, it doesn't matter. This is hitting everybody. And so for the first time in my lifetime, this is solidarity, and so we're all feeling all of these things. And so we're all, you've heard it said, we're all in this together. And 
this is the one time I can honestly say we really are all in this together. <laughs> yeah. And so... Even if you don't want to be, you are. <laughs> you are. Um, and which it's so funny because we're all isolated. Like the social distancing thing is totally not what humans are made for. We are made for community and we are made for socialization. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it doesn't matter. We're still made for community mm, in some yeah. form or fashion. Yeah. And so this is an awkward thing for everybody. And so... It's kind of nice that we can all be awkward together. <laughs> We're all feeling it together, right? We're all. And that's the thing. It's even as much as I like to go inward and I like to just get lost in my thoughts and to try and figure things out and to research and to, you know, go that that route. Man, I I am missing. I'm missing being with people and missing, you know, the 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 people I get to to spend time with and communicate with. Uh, I miss it. Um, and of course I'm not, you know, full blown, you know, caveman extrovert, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I do miss it and I am feeling that, you know, um, we're all stressed. I think everyone, everyone's, everyone's feeling this and we're all feeling it together. And that, that's, 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 yeah, that's why we wanted to do this podcast just to let you know that, Hey, are you stressed? Yeah, we are too. Are you are you dealing with some fears and anxieties, uh, some concerns, you know, of the unknown? Yeah, yeah, we are. We are too. You know, we're we're uh, we're not technically quarantined, but we are. Um, yeah, riding this thing out, social distancing. <laughs> self uh what, what what's the what's the phrase they use they're using um they want us to shelter in place or whatever it is <laughs> um yeah we're, we're doing it too and yeah we just we wanted to say we feel you and for all you parents who are having to like school your children right now <laughs> it's okay <laughs> <laughs> if they get in arguments and want to, um, I don't know, really hurt each other, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that it's, it's going to be fine. Um, one of the things that's given me a lot of relief is knowing that you are dealing with parenting and teaching your children just like I am. Um, and so there's no crazy high standard bar that we have to meet right now. We just have to all be human and function like a human. That's it. Like it's not, <laughs> there, there is no other standard right now. Just be. And um, just a funny story that I think is hilarious. Um, um, our kids, um, it finally stopped raining for a couple of days, which made this whole thing even worse because I feel like you're in the Amazon rainforest <laughs> because it was raining. They're like, I hate the virus. And I'm like, well, guys, you hate it because it's raining and you can't go outside. <laughs> but they finally got to go outside. They were jumping on the trampoline and they decided to play a game of get ready for it. Coronavirus. 
<laughs> which is just a glorified game of tag. But here's the kicker. When they, you get tagged, you go, I have the virus. I have the virus. <laughs> and then you fall down and you yeah. die. <laughs> oh, wow. And so <laughs> I'm like, wow. Um, Our kids are morbid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's <laughs> that's how they are choosing to deal with their stresses. And so if your kids are running around outside pretending to have the coronavirus, we're in this with you. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It, it's okay. It's okay. So, yeah. We feel you. <laughs>